when do you break 100 million bucks in AOR? Can it be next year, you think, or you need till 2023? Yes. It can be next year. Yeah. Our goal is to break that next year. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at getlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Godard Abel. He's the CEO of G2.com, the leading business software review website and marketplace, which he co-founded in 2012. The company has over 400 global employees and has raised $257 million in capital, recently became a unicorn with a $1.1 billion valuation. Godard, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes. Quite the growth over the past couple of years. You know, I was holding out because when we were at SaaS stock in 2019, uh, you, it was incredible the metrics you shared. You said you passed 40 million in AR, and I said, you know what? I want to wait until he doubles to have him back on. You're close to it. I feel like you're really close. Maybe not at 80 yet, but you're very close. But congrats on the round. Thank you. Tell me a little bit more about where you're seeing customers get excited today. Is it still the traditional review product, or are there other things, other products you're really excited about? And I think it has gone beyond reviews. And I think when we started, we said it was going to be a Yelp for business software. And I think that has come to life pretty well in a lot of categories. But I think now we're also saying G2 is going to become a software marketplace and where people can not only discover apps, read reviews, get insights, but they can even buy software. And so we're starting to experiment with something we call G2 deals, where vendors can also make great offers to the buyers shopping on G2.com and offer them special deals, special incentives to buy right now. And obviously, that's great for the software buyer who gets a better deal. And you know, nobody reads reviews for fun, I would like to say. You read them because you want to buy something. And so once you want to know you want to buy something, why not make it really easy for the buyer? And obviously, the vendor, that's great because if they can get you know, a frictionless deal, they get a new customer, wonderful. There's a lot of companies, Sastrify, I think Ryan at Vendor just raised at a $600 million valuation. I mean, would you go out and ever look at acquiring one of these companies to jumpstart this new sort of procurement product? Well, maybe kind of procurement product. Well, I'm Ryan and Vendor were actually partnering with, and we had done an acquisition a couple of years ago, you might remember, called Siftree. And that is now gives us a product called G2 Track, because Siftree had been building a track product, which tracks all your SaaS apps, all your SaaS spend. And we saw that very synergistic to the G2 marketplace, because it gives us all this extra insight, what are software buyers really using, what's trending for software buyers. It also has something we call pulse surveys, which give us real sentiment. You know, much like reviews on how the users actually like the apps they're running. And it's 100% trusted content because we know those companies are actually running the product. So we're, we're still very excited about that. And that's actually where we've been talking to Ryan and Vendor about partnering because they're great at negotiating deals with vendors, which is frankly something we don't want to do. But you know, we do give a company their whole SaaS stack. We can give them benchmarks. And then you know, we are starting to partner with Vendor where Vendor can then, once you understand your SaaS stack, once you understand all the benchmarks from G2, I think vendor then helps you know you make sure you're getting a fair deal from all the vendors. So we see that as very complimentary. Um, and uh, and I think for right now that we've chewed, chewed off so much to be honest, we acquired Siftree, we acquired Advocately that I'm not looking to do any you know, new acquisitions right now because we just have we have enough of our own work to do. I think last time we spoke, you said you were serving about 2,700 customers. Where are you today in terms of total customers? Um, and I think you know now we have. We have almost that many just on the vendor side, 
and we have over 2,500 software vendors yep. that use you. And I think on the track side, you know, we're well over a thousand. So I think in total, you know, it's well over 3,500. And, What's and, the difference? Help me understand, Goddard. For people that maybe don't know, the, don't use those products right now, maybe they will in the future. What, what is the difference? Can a customer? Why can a customer be a customer of one but not the other? They can be customers of both, but it'd be different parts of the company. So our core, our main revenue driver today, G two is what we call G two marketing solutions, and those help software sellers better market their products based on their authentic customer voice on G two, based on our buyer intent data, based on the customer driven content we create that for them. But that's sold to the marketer. You know, so our ideal buying persona there would be the CMO. And, uh, and then the track product is really for the CIO, CFO. And it obviously could be a software vendor, but it could be any company in any industry. You know, everyone's running more and more SaaS apps. Everyone's running more and more cloud. And track is targeted to CIO, CFO that wants to get a handle on their stack. And I think this is true at G2. We run over 200 apps now. Most of them, I have no idea what they are. And we use track ourselves because, you know, that's kind of scary to our VP of finance. One, are we, did we buy apps we're not even using, which tends to happen if you have 200 of them? We just kind of forgot to shut them down. And then two, also for you know, our security, our IT team, there's concerns. Do we even know what all these apps are? Are there security holes? You know, are they not yet in Okta? So there's a lot of value there, but it's a very different persona. And that's why it's also a very, very different sale. And I think, like I said, today, our revenue model has been all about the solar solutions. But I think my 10-year vision is certainly that the buyer solution becomes even bigger because the TAM there is literally every company in the world. Right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's more and more SaaS, more and more cloud. And I think everyone wants to make better sense of it. And it has this great synergy to G2 Marketplace, which is sort of the ultimate place to benchmark your stack. And so our vision with Track is that we can you know, not just help you figure out one app, which is kind of like the original G2.com. You can go read reviews, see if that's the best app in that category. But we can systemically with Track analyze your whole stack and kind of out of the box using our data, our benchmarks, kind of say, hey, here's where your stack's good. Maybe we're using some holes, give them some recommendations for additional products they might want. And we also tell them, hey, here's some redundant apps. You know, do you really need five email marketing apps? Uh, you could probably go narrow down to two or three. So that's that's our, our dream vision there with uh, with Track. And is Track right now a free product? Do you give, like, we give you our data and then you recommend you know, ways to save money on software? Or is that also a paid tool that CIOs and CFOs are paying for to do financial planning or things of that nature? Most of it's free today. It's a freemium. It was a premium version, but I think that one we're still, I'd say, learning on, um, you know, and improving the product before we really take it to prime time. But it's, it is really exciting. And you could try it for free, you know, really any company. And the way it works is you just hook it into your financial system. Like if you're running Impact or NetSuite, you just put in your NetSuite credentials. We automatically parse your general ledger data, figure out which of you know, your spend is actually on SaaS, which apps is it, we categorize it all based on taxonomy we already have on G2.com because we categorize over 100,000 apps into 2,000 categories. And so then we can tell you, okay, yes, you do have five email marketing apps. And we also will have APIs to systems like Okta. So then we can also quickly tell the CIO, CFOA, by the way, which of those apps are you actually using. You know, and usually there's some low-hanging fruit and savings out of the 200 apps you're running. 10 of them nobody's logged into in three months. Okay, awesome. There's some money we can save there. And then on the other side, we can say, by the way, here's 10 new apps that companies like yours in your industry, your size are having a lot of success with based on their feedback on gt.com, but you're not yet running them. And by the way, here's a special offer from that vendor to get on board now. You know, And that's how we can really close the marketplace loop um, as well. Uh, closing the loop on the other side, right? So when someone like Gong or the CMO of Gong pays for your marketing solutions at G2, is that sort of average monthly ARPU still sort of in the $1,000 to $2,000 a month range across the 2,500 customers? Um, I think it's growing. You know, Because obviously the Gongs of the world, the 
mid-market companies. They're spending more money on marketing. So frankly, that, that's been growing. And we're starting to work with more enterprises. You know, we do have large vendors also like Salesforce, SAP, HubSpot as customers. And some of them, frankly, can spend, you know, over seven figures with us. And so I think our ARPA across the board has been, has been growing. Mm-hmm. What enables you to drive the upsell? Like what's the utility metric you're upselling against? And I think one simple one, you know, our, our basic kind of branding package, which is you know, basically like a premium profile on G2 plus tools to you know, embed CTAs in your G2 profile. I think of that as like a Glassdoor premium listing. But one nice thing about that, like a startup only has one product. Whereas let's say in IBM, they have hundreds of listings on G2. Mm. And that's one nice. And, and we license that one profile at a time, one product profile. And so ah. like enterprise, we can say, hey, why don't you upgrade 100 products at once? And obviously we'll give them a better deal if they do that. Um, so that's one dimension of scaling. And then the other one is we do have three additions to our seller solution. Basic addition is that premium profile with branding with some review management tools. But then our second tier solution includes our buyer intent data. And we have what we call a power package for our buyer intent data. And sellers love our buyer intent because you know now every month there's 7 million software buyers coming to G2.com. And our buyer intent data can tell you what are they shopping for. And obviously, if you're a vendor, and I was always in the CPQ business before, you know, but I, I would have died to know who's shopping for CPQ software right now. And G2.com can tell them that. And we can't always tell them the person because you know, obviously we have to respect people's privacy, but we can usually tell them the company that's shopping. And so that buyer intent data, I think, creates massive value, ties in account-based marketing and helps you know, software sellers target the companies that are actually shopping for the kind of software right now. Um, so that's our, our kind of our upsell there. And then the third upsell is when, if you have great reviews, if you have great customer voice on G2, we also turn that in all kinds of marketing content. You know, which can be compares for your sales pitch. It can be licensing our grid reports, which are our modern version of the magic quadrant. But if you want to use all this great customer voice-driven content from G2 on your own website and your own marketing campaigns, then you pay an additional license for the content. And the content and buyer intent actually work really well together because then you can target that person. Like back in my steel break days, I could target that CPQ buyer when I know they're shopping. And then figure I could hit them with content. Here's why steel break is better than Aptis. And it's not my rep's claim. This is based on hundreds of real customer reviews. And, and we find we partner with LinkedIn, for example, LinkedIn match audiences. But then if you target the company that as they're shopping on LinkedIn, target the right personas, like for CPQ, you'd be the head of sales ops. And you hit them with content that says, hey, here's what you know, your peers are having success with in CPQ. Guess what? That converts really well. And so really helps that vendor then, you know, drive conversion and drive growth. So that's, that's the marketing solutions. Those are three compelling reasons to pay G2 more money. Makes sense to me. Uh, can I do the math here? 2,500 customers at a $2,000 ARPU, it puts you guys at about 5 million bucks a month in revenue. Are you guys north of that today? We are north of that. When do you break 100 million bucks in AOR? Can it be next year, you think, or you need till 2023? Yes. It can be next year. Yeah. Our goal is to break that next year. Is that a comfortable goal or it's a little uncomfortable, a little stretch goal? Uh, well, if you ask me, it's comfortable. If you ask our CRO, <laughs> <they're> still- <laughs> That's funny. Okay, fair. Yeah, I'm pretty confident we'll get there. You know, and I think we're also lucky to ride this tailwind of SaaS and cloud. And I think we've all been very lucky to be in this industry, right? Because during the pandemic and at the beginning, we were very scared, as was everyone. But it's actually turned out overall to boost digital adoption, boost software adoption. So we're... Maybe we have a good. Nice, secular tailwind. Well, 
Well, quantify growth for me, obviously very turbulent times for the world over the past 12 to 24 months. If you're north of 5 million in MRR today, where were you about a year ago? Do you remember? Uh, not exactly. Okay. Uh, I think one thing I will say, we did take a bit of a hit in growth at the beginning of the pandemic. And now it's almost hard for us in our industry to remember, right? But I do remember last March, April of 2000, frankly, we were very scared. Our investors were telling us to cut back and a lot of our customers would be hearing the same thing. So that was actually the only quarter in our history where we didn't grow our revenue. Yep. Kind of we had a lot of cancellations because people were just battening down the hatches for, I think a lot of us at that time thought it was going to be a terrible economic storm. But then obviously by June, it was like, oh, back to growth. So yep. we did, you know, we did slow down a bit, but, uh, but we did also, frankly, we used that time to get more efficient. So we actually got to cash flow positive over that year. We weren't even wanting to, but, you know, but we kind of battened down the hatches a bit ourselves and then growth came back. So that's, that's been wonderful. That's a big deal because in 2019, you told me you guys were burning something like $2 million a month. Yeah. And we took yeah. that uh, actually slightly positive, which was kind of amazing. And that's why I also- that was, was that in preparation for the round in what, July or June? And it, it wasn't so much because frankly, like when the pandemic started, like I think the last time thing anyone was thinking about was raising another round, or at least I wasn't, you know, it was more like, and luckily we saw the money in the bank. It was just like, hey, how do we make sure we can weather this storm? You know, because nobody knows how long it's going to be. Um, and uh yeah. And then frankly, our growth came back faster than we planned. And then so all of a sudden we were cash flow positive, although mm -hmm. we way before we even wanted to be. But now with the unicorn round, we are investing to reaccelerate. And so I think what I can tell you looking forward, I think we are expecting to be, you know, 50% plus per annum ARR revenue growth. And uh and I think we're and obviously it depends if you look back, but but you know, but that's a, a rate we're very comfortable with. Continuing. That's good. How of the one fifty seven on the one point? I assume the one point one billion was po post money or pre. Uh, the the one point one billion was uh, post. Post. Okay, cool. So unicorn sort of status. Now that was up. Now I'm going off memory here, so Godard, correct me if I'm wrong. But but I think you were at like a four hundred and fifty million dollar valuation back in 2018 when you raised fifty five million, right? It was around there. Yeah. Yeah. So a double valuation over three, four years, which is obviously great. Um, how was any of the 157 secondary? Uh, most of it was primary. So although I will say, I mean, now I think probably like the most unicorns, I mean, a nice thing for our longtime employees and investors, you know, there are secondary opportunities. How did you, a lot of founders like don't know how to build that into their rounds as they go into the you know, CDE sort of rounds. How did you communicate a secondary option to the employees? Well, I think it was just, and we were in the, good fortune that investors wanted more, which I think is common now for a lot of unicorns, right? And so, you know, we we have gone. And I think we're also our vision there is, you know, to do that on a let's say at least annual basis. And I think it's very nice. Obviously, these people, you know, for family, they want to build their first house or, you know, so it's nice that people, our longtime employees can see, hey, this is real, right? It's not just paper. So yep. that's something we're excited that it's starting to happen. Sounds like with the three product axes you just mentioned on the marketing side, the business net dollar retention is probably going up. I mean, world-class public markets is 140, 150%. Where are you guys right now in terms of net dollar retention? Yeah. And we're, you know, we're not at, at that level yet. <laughs> so I aim to get there. Uh, you know, I think we're not disclosing what the number is, but Can it, you have it, a range, Godard? Are you above hundred percent? I, I will say yes to that, but okay. <laughs> It. And we're not yet at 150. And you know, obviously, everyone dreams of being like Snowflake. What were they like 170? One yeah, 170, 175. Yep. Yep. But I mean, that's crazy. I mean, many people would argue, I would argue, Snowflake isn't even a SaaS model. It's pure utility based. It's just you use it so much, the dollar retention is natural almost. 
Yeah. So, which is a good place to be. Cool. Well, hey, as we wrap up here, flesh out the team real quick for us. How many folks full time now? And now we're up over 500. Okay. 500 folks. Heavy engineering. How many engineers? Um, to be honest, I don't know exactly, okay. but I, I do know our product R&D organization overall, which includes engineering, is about a third of the company. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Great. Very cool. Anything I missed that you want to make sure we touch before we wrap up? Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me, Nathan. Good to see you again. And All hopefully right. we'll do it again in person. I hope. And I did go to Saster this year. I think last time I saw you in person was Sastock, but I am hoping next year we'll all start being able to get together in person again uh, more. I would love that too. I would very much love that. Let's uh let's take it home here. Number one, favorite business book, Godard. Peak by Chip Conley. Number two, CEO you're following or studying. Mark Benioff at Salesforce. Are you in any acquisition talks with Salesforce? No. HubSpot? No. Zoom info? <laughs> with a straight face three no's all right i believe him number three what's your favorite online tool for building the business godard it's a tough one i would say hubspot okay number or, four you marketing is amazing mm-hmm. how many hours of sleep are you getting every night seven okay situation married single kiddos married and kids, three kids. How many kids? Two. Okay. And how old are you? The, I, I'm 50. Okay. 50. Take us back 30 years. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Pre steel brick, pre everything. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. The internet's going to be huge. <laughs> Guys, there you have it. G2, the reviews marketplace. Also, track now taking off, thinking about how to help find people purchase right on the platform. We'll see where G2 goes next. They have plenty of cash to do it. Again, 157 million raised series D on a 1.1 million post money valuation, scaling up to over $5 million a month today in revenue, hoping to break $100 million in terms of run rate next year. Godard, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you. Have a great day.